Hello, and welcome to the Thinking Biblically and Beyond podcast. I'm your host, Justin Paley. And in today's episode, we're going to be tackling the topic of the historical Jesus and how we know that the historical Jesus was actually a real person. So without further ado, let's just jump into it. Okay, so i uh, really excited to be diving into the, the topic of the historical Jesus and, and whether or not Jesus actually existed. Uh, it's a, obviously a, a really interesting and, and important question, but also one that, in contrast to some of the other topics and questions that we've tackled in this podcast, that we could actually answer pretty definitively. So... Um, in terms of where where to start with this question, so I think that the question itself is is a good one to ask. You know, when it comes to any sort of religious figure or legendary figure, especially one that lived over two thousand years ago, I think it is appropriate to ask whether they actually existed or not, and especially because, at least you know, for most people, the only things that they know or read about Jesus is in the Bible. And obviously the Bible is not a an unbiased source. And so it's not inconceivable that um, somebody could make up a figure like Jesus or, or highly mythologize uh, somebody to the point where they're just not recognizable historically. So it's, it's a valid question. Um, but most I shouldn't say most, I should say all scholars, virtually all scholars of all persuasions, um, from evangelical Christian to, uh, to, to atheist, they, they all agree that the historical Jesus was actually a, a real historical person who, who lived in first century Judea. Now, from, from there, there's obviously a lot of disagreements in terms of what he actually said, what he actually did. But in terms of his actual existence, uh, there's, there's almost no doubt among, among scholars. Now, uh, for probably about the past century or so, there have been um, some movements both within academia, but mostly outside of it, that have argued for um, the the non-existence of Jesus, that Jesus didn't actually exist, that, that it's, uh, it's, he's made up by, by the early Christians, and then, you know, the tradition legend built from there. Um, but there are a couple of big reasons why um, it is almost beyond a doubt that, that Jesus actually existed and, and lived and walked within first century Judea. So we could start with the, the the sources from the New Testament itself, which, as I mentioned earlier, they're not unbiased sources. But one of the things that um, drives some of the um, uh, denying of Jesus as a historical figure, and actually a really interesting survey that I saw the other day, uh, I forget the exact figure, but it was a poll of, of I think, 5,000 adults uh, and that there there was a significant percentage, I believe it was over 10%, it might have been as high as 20, that um, either doubted or fully believed that um, that Jesus was a made-up person, that he didn't, he didn't actually exist historically, um, which is definitely alarming, but uh, I, I can understand where the skepticism comes from. But 
the the first sources to start with um, are are the Gospels, and where a lot of the doubt comes from, I think, uh, and this is and this is a historical fact, is that we don't have any historical proof in terms of archaeology or any actual writings from Jesus himself. So from an archaeological perspective, you know, we have absolutely no proof that that he existed or any texts that that come from from Jesus's hand. Uh, so that uh, on the surface would seem to be a pretty big point in in favor of those who who deny the historical existence of Jesus. But it's important, um, as we've learned in this podcast, to always put things in context. So we have almost no archaeological existence or textual existence for 99.999% of historical people who've ever lived in the past, especially for those that lived over 2,000 years ago. So the fact that we don't have any for Jesus is not surprising at all, especially considering that he was you know, um, for all intents and purposes, a pretty insignificant rural Galilean peasant. And so uh, the vast majority of people would not have even given him a second thought. So uh, it is absolutely not surprising that that we don't have any archaeological or textual proof uh, of his historical existence. But on the flip side, What's really interesting is that there are very few ancient people that we have more sources on than Jesus. Um, so the fact that we have the Gospels, the fact that we have Paul's letters, the fact that we have um, non-canonical Gospels and material related to Jesus, as well as non-biblical sources, which we'll, we'll touch on in a bit, uh, actually makes Jesus one of the most well-attested ancient figures that we know of. Uh, there, there are very few figures that have as much writings about them, even though they're written anywhere from 50 to 200 years after the fact. Still, uh, you know, you think of somebody like um, Socrates, where we do have Plato and Aristotle as, as sources, but there's not really a lot of other contemporaneous material and obviously no archaeological proof or anything like that. So... Actually, when placed in context, we have a, a lot of uh, sources for Jesus compared to other historical figures of the period. So, the Gospels. Now, the, for those that do deny the historical existence of Jesus, the general thesis would be the, the Gospels were made up by his followers, by somebody, by the, the early Christian movement, and then um, you know, that message was was propagated, and then th there will obviously be different arguments in terms of why you know, somebody or, or some group of people would have made that up. But nonetheless, it does have to be granted that, again, the Gospels are not unbiased sources, and neither are Paul's letters. However, there there's a, a lot that could be said against that sort of argument, but I'll touch on a couple of the, the most common and I think the most persuasive. The first is the sheer fact that if somebody were going to make up a, a Jewish Messiah, they would, for lack of a better way to put it, probably make up the opposite of Jesus' story. I mean, the, the, the Messiah was supposed to come back in power, he was supposed to conquer his enemies, he was supposed to be all-powerful, and Jesus was not that. 
and he he died you know the one of the most humiliating deaths that that you can imagine uh and so he was basically the opposite of what um people thought the messiah was going to be and so if somebody were going to make up the messiah uh it's hard to see why they would have made up jesus and presented him the way that they did um it just it doesn't make it that doesn't make any sense uh, uh to, to make a long story short and so along with that to build off that a little bit is stuff like crucifixion and uh, scholars call it um, the the criteria for the historical Jesus, but it's basically a set of criteria that scholarship has come up with to try to um, essentially rate the the historical accuracy of the the events of Jesus's life as told in the Gospels or uh, Jesus's sayings. And one of the biggest criteria is called the criteria of embarrassment. And essentially what the criteria of embarrassment is, is it, it essentially argues that um, anything that would be embarrassing to to a group of, of Christians, uh, of, of followers of Jesus, is less likely to be invented. So the poster child for this would be the crucifixion. Uh, no follower of, of Jesus would would invent the fact that that he died by crucifixion. So there's there's no doubt that Jesus actually was crucified, uh, and and then that that was his that was his fate. No doubt about that. Um, that is not something that somebody would 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 make up. Um, it would it would almost be the, it's obviously not a direct comparison. It would be almost like saying in today's day and age that we have you know somebody. Somebody tries to make up a messiah, um, but then says that he died by the electric chair or died by, you know, capital punishment of some sort. Um, probably not uh, the, the fate that, that you would make up if you were if you're trying to, to make up a, a powerful messiah. But nonetheless, um, the, the crucifixion, definitely a great example of the criteria of embarrassment. Another would be, for example, having times where Jesus is not able to perform miracles. Um, so there are times throughout the Gospels where, you know, most notably in his hometown in Nazareth, he's not able to perform miracles. Uh, and so, again, why would a, a follower of Jesus make that up? Um, it seems a lot less likely that somebody would make that up. Um, and so I'm presenting a very simplistic portrait of this, but essentially... The, the more embarrassing it would be to uh, to a group of followers to admit about uh, about Jesus, the more likely it is to actually be a, an authentic piece of, of, of history, whether that's an event in Jesus' life or whether that's uh, a saying that's attributed to Jesus. So we have the Gospels, and, and they are they're a great source for that, even though they're they're not unbiased. Um, there definitely are. Um, firm historical roots for Jesus in terms of his general life and, and some of the big um, life markers such as, you know, his baptism, following John the Baptist, crucifixion, uh, all that all that stuff. The other major New Testament source is Paul's letters. And I don't mean so much the content of the letters as in the fact that Paul was writing about Jesus um, pretty soon after his death, within 20 years for sure, but some of the events that Paul talks about, for example, in the first chapter of Galatians, where he's talking about 
um, some of his conversion experience and some of his early persecutions of Christians, which would have happened, um, you know, within 10 years of Jesus's death. He talks about meeting Peter, John, and James, the brother of Jesus. Um, and so we do have testimony from Paul himself that um, these people actually existed, knew Jesus. Um, and so unless there's this giant group conspiracy, um, it, uh, it seems likely that you know, there was actually somebody named Jesus that these people did follow and then later claimed, uh, came to believe was resurrected and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But Paul, again, not an unbiased source, but um, the fact that he is testifying to some of these early Christians very, very soon after the death of Jesus. Um, and they're obviously not the, the only ones that are following Jesus them being Peter, James, and John. There's obviously others, but that they were sort of the, the heads of, of the, uh, the early Christian followers, at least in, in Jerusalem, or at least among Jews. Uh, that, that is another point in, in favor of the historical uh, Jesus being an actual um, person that, that walked, walked the face of the earth. So, that's the biblical sources. But again, those could be written off by somebody who would, might take everything that I said and say, well, you know, I'm still going to discount all that because it's in the Bible and um, it, it's, it's a too much of a bias source for me to give any credence to. So if, if uh, you know, somebody does want to make that argument, um, I think the real nail in the coffin is the non-biblical text that attests to the existence of Jesus. And there's there's a couple that I want to highlight. The, the first is from a, a, a early Jewish author writing um, probably in the late first century CE named Josephus. Um, he's a, a very well-known ancient historian and an absolutely indispensable source for biblical studies and trying to understand Judaism in this period, as well as, as, as Roman history. Um, really interesting guy. He was part of the first Jewish revolt, but then he essentially surrendered to Roman forces, was captured, and then essentially employed by the emperor to write a whole history of the Jews, basically. And so he wasn't, um, it, he he was captive I, I, to an extent, but um, he essentially became a, a, a court historian of sorts. Uh, so Josephus has a really interesting background as a person, but he he writes about and, and testifies to a lot of the Jewish movements of this this period. Uh, and so he's, if, if we didn't have Josephus, um, biblical scholarship would be, would be missing a lot. So he is an absolutely indispensable source. But um, all of that is to say that uh, he does actually, in his writings, mention Jesus twice. So the first, actually, um, there's a little bit of controversy around it because most likely the passage was embellished by uh, later Christians. Um, who wrote in essentially, you know, stuff about Christ being the Messiah that Josephus, as a first century Jew who did not believe in Jesus as the Messiah, no way that he would have written something like that. But almost all scholars agree that the original sort of kernel of the Jesus passage is original, so that Je uh, Josephus did actually originally mention Jesus in there. So 
Um, I will quote um, from, this is book three of the Antiquities of the Jews, um, which is one of the, the histories that he wrote. So this is uh, chapter three here. Quote, now there was about this time Jesus, a wise man, if it be lawful to call him a man, for he was a doer of wonderful works, a teacher of such men as received the truth with pleasure. He drew over to him both many of the Jews and many of the Gentiles. He was the Christ, and when Pilate, at the suggestion of the principal men among us, had condemned him to the cross, those that loved him at first did not forsake him, for he appeared to them alive again the third day, as the divine prophets had foretold these and 10,000 other wonderful things concerning him, and the tribe of Christians so named after him are not extinct at this day. So again, you could see some of the stuff in there, like that he was the Christ thrown in there. Um, and then if it is lawful to call him a man. So some of these little tidbits that, um, you know, Josephus is first century Jew, again, not probable that he would have written those things. But um, the, the kernel uh, of actually mentioning Jesus as being this, this wise man, uh, again, vast majority of scholars agree that Josephus did know and write about Jesus in here. So he is a non-biblical source, non-Christian source attesting to the actual existence of Jesus and, and followers of Jesus. And so um, if, if Josephus, or as we'll see, the, the Roman texts, um, if they had any doubt about Jesus not being a real historical person, I mean, they, they would have called it out. Um, there are plenty of pagan as well as Jewish critics of Christians, but it's uh, they they never level the charge that Jesus didn't actually live and exist, uh, and they could have very easily bought that up as a as a very strong criticism, and they never do. Uh, so that that is a strong point in favor of Jesus actually being a, a historical person, and that, that that fact was accepted by even very early critics. So the second part in Josephus where he mentions them uh, is in a later chapter of the Antiquities of the Jews, um, chapter 9. And it's in connection when he's talking about James, James, the brother of Jesus mentioned in the New Testament. Uh, so uh, essentially Josephus in chapter 9 is talking about how James, the brother of Jesus, was sentenced to death by the Jewish authorities. He was stoned to death. And so when talking about James, this is what this is what he says. Uh, and, and I'm going to quote little snippets here um, because it's a pretty long passage. But um, he says, quote, and bought before them the brother of Jesus, who was called Christ, whose name was James and some others. Whereupon Albinus compiled, complied with what they said and wrote in anger to Ananias and threatened that he would bring him to punishment for what he had done on which King Agrippa took the high priesthood from him when he had ruled by three months and made Jesus the son of Demias high priest. So here he's not talking about Jesus of Nazareth. Here he's talking Jesus was a very, very common Jewish name of the period. It's um, essentially the equivalent of the, um, the English Joshua. But um, so here you have him mentioning Jesus sort of in passing. Um, in relation to uh, James and then talking about the fallout 
uh, the Roman authorities were not um, not pleased with how um, the, the Jewish authorities had killed James and, and some other Jews, and so basically took the high priesthood from the the current rulers, the Jewish uh, the Jewish people, and and gave the power to somebody else. So. Josephus, very, very important source and definitely very strong point, again, in favor of the existence of Jesus. Now, another uh, non-Christian source from, from a Roman author comes from someone named Tacitus, who um, is writing in probably the, the early 2nd century about, uh, from, from a, a text called the Annals, where he's talking about Nero and the very infamous um, fire on Rome, you know, the, the legend of, of Nero fiddling while Rome burned. Uh, and here's what um, Tacitus has to say about Christians uh, in, in relation to, to Nero and the fire. So he writes, quote, but all human efforts, all the lavish gifts of the emperor and the Propitiations of the gods did not banish the sinister belief that the conflagration was the result of an order. Consequently, to get rid of the report, Nero fastened the guilt and inflicted the most exquisite tortures on a class hated, on a class hated for their abominations, called Christians by the populace. Chris, Christus, from whom the name had its origin, suffered the extreme penalty during the reign of Tiberius at the hands of one of our procurators Pontius Pilate, and a most mischievous superstition, thus checked for the moment, again broke out, not only in Judea, the first source of the evil, but even in Rome, where all things hideous and shameful from every part of the world find their center and become popular. Accordingly, an arrest was first made of all who pleaded guilty, then, upon their information, an immense multitude was convicted, not so much of the crime of firing the city, as of hatred against mankind." And then he goes on to describe some of the tortures inflicted upon upon Christians. Uh, this is where a lot of the um, early Christian uh, martyr legends, you know, Christians being fed to the lions in the Colosseum and such. Um, this this is where where it comes from. So again, Tacitus, he was a Roman historian and senator, um, writing in the early second century, not a fan of Christianity. Uh, by any means. And so when he's talking about Christians, he could have easily said um, that, uh, you know, didn't actually exist or that they made him up. But again, does not, gives gives no indication of that. So again, it's not a ton of sources, but we have to put it in context and realize that for the vast majority of people, we would not even have close to the sources that we have for Jesus. So the fact that we have this much is, is actually um, really, really amazing from a historical perspective. Uh, and so for those that are arguing that Jesus did not exist or, or have doubts about the historicity of Jesus, um, it, it is more certain that, that Jesus lived than you know, anybody else in human history. Um, there's absolutely no doubt about it. Now, in terms of the specifics, in terms of what he did and said, obviously that's a whole different conversation. But um, I did just want to make a, a short episode about this because one, it's a very interesting question and I think some are not aware of the non-biblical sources that, that talk about Jesus. But also because after seeing that that survey, um, that, that was an alarmingly high number. Um, and there's 
definitely no reason to doubt the historicity uh, of Jesus. And so I think if we can move beyond that base base question, you know, we can um, then have a more fruitful conversation about um, other topics that uh, maybe have more implications um, or can have more serious discussion around those. So um, I hope this short episode was informative and um, I will see you in the next episode.